Hey everyone, it's Natalie, the nag. Hope you're all doing alright and I'm just out and about and it feels a little bit Christmassy, it's a little bit frosty calls, uh, but at the same time it's actually really nice in a way. It's actually, I've started to get that little buzz, but actually the C word, Christmas. So yeah, I'm quite excited now actually. Um, don't worry, I haven't whacked my decks up yet, but I don't blame people if they have. Uh, just before we get started actually about that, I know a lot of people have been getting a lot of shit for putting their Christmas decorations up early, but you know what, right now, with everything that's happening, I don't blame them if they want to put up, you know, trees and lights, because they are nice to look at and, you know, they are pretty and it does make you feel very warm and fussy inside, doesn't it? So if you want to put your decks up, go and put your decks up. The only reason I haven't yet, um, it's just a habit, I always have to do it the last weekend of November is what I do, and this year will be this weekend coming, so yeah, I'll be getting mine up this weekend. Anyone else who has pets like us, I have a wall tree, it's a way forward, just so you know, there's my grand tip of the day, get a wall tree, it is a thing, and it's the best thing we've ever brought. Okay, right, onto the actual subject today, so... I get some clients sometimes messaging me saying, help, I'm not getting results. Uh, normally this is to do with fat loss and sometimes strength and also muscle gain, but generally fat loss is the trickier one. And they'll say, well, I'm doing everything you told me to do. I'm tracking my calories. I'm walking 10,000 steps every day. I'm training four or five days a week. And then what I do from here is say, okay, I believe you are doing all that. But is there anything else going on in your life right now? There's some, normally another stress that is going on outside of what you're doing right now. As I spoke to you before on another podcast, generally stress can have a real huge effect on our results. It can affect our performance. And yes, it can, it can hugely affect fat loss. That doesn't mean to say stress creates hidden calories, magical calories out of thin air. What it is, stress can affect what our choices of food, affect how much we move, how tired we feel. You think about it, when you're stressed, so say you're a mum, you're working full time, you've got to do the commute to school, you've got to get all, get all the lunches done, get back and run a business, but you're on pins all the time, with your phone on loud in case anything's wrong at school and you've got to, you know, take the call and go and collect them if they're not very well. That is an added stress onto your life. And sometimes that might feel too much some days than others. It may affect how well you feel too. Have you ever noticed when you're too stressed, you're more prone to colds? Um, um, weirdly, cold sores quite a common one I tend to see. You feel run down, fatigued. And you'll find actually when you're training, you're not putting in as much work. When you're walking about, you're walking quite slow. You sit longer than you think. You try to, you find it hard to even just get off the sofa, off a chair. And that's because your body wants you to slow down. So what I do from here, I normally reevaluate everything that they're doing. And if they are definitely at a calorie deficit, then and they're not gaining any weight or body fat. It's just come to a complete standstill. It's not losing either. Then I'll reevaluate that. I'll look at maybe perhaps actually 
right now a calorie deficit might not be the right thing for them. It might be they need to go to maintenance just to let their body catch up, repair. And then when those stresses become more manageable, because it might not go away, but you may be able to manage it better because you're not hungry, because you've got energy. And then you can gradually go back to that deficit and probably it would work probably a lot better then. Because there is a thing, as most of you have heard of, metabolic adaptation. Metabolic adaptation occurs when you've been into a calorie deficit for quite some time. And basically what happens is your maintenance calories will start to lower. So your maintenance calories is your BMR, basal metabolic rate. So what I like to call coma calories, what you need if you were in a coma, which people think that's what you have to eat to lose uh, weight and body fat. Yes, it will work, but you'll probably lose a lot of muscle tissue and it's probably not sustainable. And then the rest of your uh, calories are worked out throughout your total daily energy expenditure. So say the average female is 2,000 and say you've been sitting even at 1,500, 1,600 for quite some time and people go, well, how long is too long in a deficit? Personally, I like clients to take breaks and it depends how severe the deficit is. If it's a very small deficit and they're doing it over, you know, no rush, it's just a byproduct of their training, then they could stay there for quite some time. If it's a severer deficit, so say we've gone for the 20% off your calories, ideally, personally, it just again depends on that person, depends how much body fat they're carrying. The more body fat they carry, the longer they can stay there because they've got fatty acids to use as a source of fuel. And as they get leaner and they start losing weight and body fat, um, the more often we may have to come out of that deficit or start re-evaluating how small the deficit we need to go in. Because what ha- basically happens in metabolic adaptation, the, body, the human body is fantastic. It is a survival machine. You know, I, I mean, the human body impresses me. Well, and, well anything living, because it's just designed to just keep going, basically. So what happens is your basal metabolic rate comes down. So the calories now change. It could be 1,300 perhaps prior to doing your calorie deficit. And it may now sit around maybe, I say, 1,200. And this could be a combination of you've lost weight and body fat, so you don't need as many calories anyway. And it could be because you've been in a calorie deficit for quite some time. So the body is doing it basically to survive. That's what it does. It's not trying to... It doesn't create excess calories. It's just your body gets very good at using up less fuel. Again, for survival. Now, this applies also to your total daily energy expenditure. What the body will do with this... So when you do your, say, fitness class and you normally burn, let's say, 400 calories. As your body gets used to the stimulus, and again, you've been doing the same thing over and over, calories are the same, routine's the same, it's been no added stimulus or no uh, recovery phase, your body will actually use less fuel in that class than it used to. So it could have gone from 400 calories to 350. Just, Just a random example there for you. That's why it's important to have diet breaks. Um, what I do is generally we plan for the year. Favourite time of year to do them is, of course, around December. Holidays, if they have any, and their birthdays. That's generally where I like to plan out people's um, 
diet breaks and you know what even this even in through to january because january's a shit time to diet i'll be running a 10 day challenge in january and it will not be a fat loss challenge it'll just be to get you back into your habit and wow it is cold this morning my fingertips are actually cold um definitely feeling christmasy like i said the sky is proper clear stars and everything i can see my breath <laughs> uh, but i'm actually enjoying this walk i haven't had a walk like this for a long time since well last, early this year when we first went to the lockdown in march and we had a very frosty march So that's why you may have to look at your diet, look at you, how long you've been in the deficit for. So if you're not with me or you're with another coach have, and you've been, they've been coaching food, you know, speak to them that, you know, your results are slowed down, you're tracking everything, you're looking at your calories, your protein, everything's all spot on, but you've been in there for a while, you're starting to feel that tired, fatigued, you know, a bit worn down, your training effort has dropped, results are slowing down, you may have to reevaluate and maybe come back up to maintenance calories to get your body become anabolic as, as we call it love that word anabolic sounds like it's got momentum because it means growth it means repair uh, it doesn't mean the opposite of what happens to the calorie deficit which is catabolic so destruction which we want to be destructive uh, but after some time we don't want to destroy muscle either i might have to swap hands in a minute so i'm holding the phone in one hand the other hand's got the coffee in where it's toasty bear with do, 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 do. Oh, that's better. Oh, that makes a difference. I want to keep my fingers. <laughs> I have got the gloves with the flappy flaps on, but uh, <laughs> I don't want to drop the phone while holding the holding it with with the flaps on in case the uh, slides up my hand. So, other reasons you may not be getting results. This is going to be a really harsh one, but basically, you're not consistent enough. If I'm quite frank with you, people expect results very quickly. And when I mean quickly, a space for a couple of weeks. I've had clients come to me and say, nah, I've, I'm not even lost a pound. I'm doing all this. I've been, I've been in my calorie deficit. I've been hitting my steps. I've not lost any weight whatsoever. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's only been two weeks since I've started you on this. It takes longer than two weeks. But the reason this has happened, it's not their fault. It's not that they're, I'm having to go at them for their expectation. It's because they've more than likely come from a slimming club where they are losing like from I don't know two to five pounds a week their first week which is what gets them in there but that's because they cut off a lot of their calories um, as some diet companies cut down their carbohydrates some cut back their fat uh, some expect them to only eat certain foods just again to create a calorie deficit but because it's very severe the change the calorie deficit is more severe so of course they see massive weight loss the first couple of weeks especially if it's a low carbohydrate one because you're losing water as each gram of carb you consume is three grams of water not body fat it doesn't make you fat it doesn't make you look fat it just makes the scale go up a bit that's all it is and it slows down weight loss but not fat loss so be patient be consistent it's all it sounds really boring like i said to you nutrition isn't sexy the way to get results there's no special sexy way of doing it it's basically repetition consistency and be fucking patient if i'm quite frank i hate being harsh like that but i think sometimes we are sugar-coated too much and and pampered too much we've got to be told as it is sometimes it's like when i i go kickboxing or when i did <laughs> hopefully at some point next year i'll go back you know if i was doing something 
what how I should be doing it. It's not wrong, but not how I should be doing it. And because of how long I've done martial arts for, expectations probably a little bit high of the instructor, and he will nitpick my technique apart. He will tear it apart. Now, because of my sport background, I don't take it personally. I want to be told. I want to be told how to do something. I want to be told how to get it better. Then to do the same thing over and over and over for it to not even be effective. It's just wasted effort personally. So I'd rather just be told there and then. And that's how I apply that to my clients. You know, I'd rather tell them where they need to change things, where they might be actually need to maybe bring things back. It could be they're overtraining. It might be that actually they're not tracking their weekends and that's where they're going wrong. And I'm like, you need to track your weekends. You know, calories do exist, I'm afraid, on the weekends. I know it's put terrible news, isn't it, that? <laughs> wouldn't that be wonderful if it never existed calories on a weekend I would have a great time wouldn't we <laughs> uh, but they do I'm afraid you know I get clients going oh don't track my alcohol in I might track your bloody alcohol in because you're not going to get results you want to get because you don't know what you're consuming you're wondering why you're not getting results we need to find out everything that you're doing so we can, if we find what it is what the problem is we can come to a solution it might be there's a habit that you keep doing, but there's a reason behind you're doing that habit. So, you know, as hard as it is for someone to open up to somebody else about something, the more I know, the more I can help somebody. Even if I can't help them, I can point them in the right direction. So you've got to question yourself. First of all, you've got to measure what you're also doing as well. And this is something a lot of people don't do, especially training plans. I get clients and they're training and they're finding themselves not very motivated training and a lot of the time it's because you're not tracking down what you're doing if I'm honest this is something I learned years ago I used to never track down my workouts I track my clients but not my own kind of neglect it a bit and a lot of PTs we do that because we're writing plans all the time we tend to neglect our own plans so I've always got to the habit now of making sure myself and my training buddy Kate that we have our plans written out how long we're doing them for uh, but again we are flexible if we need to change things as well as I would be with a client but trust me on this one if you actually write down what you do in a training session so over the weeks you can look back and see where you've improved or you can see that you're not progressive overloading this is a common one most people don't get into unless they've got a coach or a PT or somebody to tell them how to do that. I do this simply in a lot of my classes as well as one-to-ones. So for the past few months, a uh, few months, I say, a few weeks, they've had like a circuit they have to do at the start. Um, week one, it was 30 seconds. Week two, I increased the time to 40. Week three, I increased the time to 50. Also, they're doing now, instead of three rounds, they do four rounds. This applies similar to weight training. So you've got to find some way to progressive overlay. As it's not training, it's exercise. Nothing wrong with exercise. If you need to get your steps up, you need to get your heart rate up, you want to get active, and you just generally enjoy what the activity is, then by all means, keep doing it. But if you want to train, so you want to get stronger, you want to get fitter, you want to make sure your body doesn't get used to the stimulus as well, we want it to change, we want it to get stronger, you've got to add some progression on each week. It hasn't always got to be a weight though, it hasn't always got to be 
even more reps or more sets it can be you try to increase the range of movement of that exercise like a classic one Romanian deadlift and squats the leg ones squats is the depth you can work at Romanian deadlifts how far back you can push your hips but with good form another again form of progressive overload is improving your form as well the first few weeks I do a plan for a client I just ask them to work on their form especially the inexperience with lifting or not doing any form of resistance training resistance training and weightlifting by the way folks is the same it's just weightlifting is a form of resistance training Resistance training can involve bands, body weight, uh, kettlebells, dumbbells, machines, cables. It's basically a form of resistance. Anyway, going off on a tangent there. So you need to find a way to add stimulus to that workout. Because it gets easy to the point where, I mean, a classic way I always use a scale 1 to 10. So 10 being... I can't do any more repetitions. You've got to think of the reason why that would be 10, just so you know as well. So it would be a 10 because you can't, say, I'll squat, get back up if you did another rep. It would be a 10, say, on a run. If you went that bit fast on that minute miling, you couldn't finish the extra kilometre you've got to do after that. For me personally, the sweet spot is 8 to 9. So about two to three reps off uh, failure if you're new even three to four reps off failure would be a good start when i say failure everyone's failure is different so you kind of got to play around with it and see why you would stop doing any more repetitions not just because of the number but put thought into it is it because you just couldn't do any more is it because your heart rate is getting quite high and you get out of breath you know you just basically your body just can't anymore uh, you're mentally quite fatigued or you feel like you do another rep you're just not going to get back up so question the reason why you wouldn't do any more repetitions when do, uh, doing an exercise so what other reasons got to, when it comes like say you're not getting results like i just said to you now so the first one is are you actually too fatigued do you need to, to change how you're doing things do you need a deload week do you need to change your calories question how your body's feeling how your training is it could be the weights are coming down the repetitions are coming down you need longer rest time they're all signs that's a sign of you need recovery so you probably need to be at maintenance for your calories you may need to even ease back the training just for a week or two and just until your body can handle the stress or whatever the extra stress is outside and it could be not there's no extra stress it's just you've been training your absolute arse off and your body just needs a week repair. I had that last week. Felt a bit rough Monday. And I knew my body was saying to me, Nat, you need to slow down. So it's as hard as it is, I eased the training off, just did walking mostly, just focused on my you know, my, my business instead and actually did a lot more relaxation last week and actually just recharged myself. I didn't even sit my calories lower, just kept them where they were just so my body can repair it's got the full you know and then this week I can go full on now with my training I know I can go for it this week even if it's just the weights I was lifting say the week before I could at least hit them because if I had gone for it last week and trained I know I would not have felt great this week but I feel very repaired feel very to be fair I've got that short burst of motivation ignited in me at the moment so I'm going to use that as a bit of momentum 
just to get my back into the habit this week of training like I was and then be consistent with that therefore afterwards because my purpose is to keep strong as possible I just enjoy being strong so that's why I'm doing it and making sure I'm keeping up my training body not that we can train together right now but I want to make sure that we're both going to be at a good level when we go back to training together again soon hopefully uh, obviously like I said so if you might need a recovery week a, a deload week or you know a diet break maybe even schedule them in as well because that's something I used to not do with special clients as well was scheduling their their like rest week should we say or like a deload week probably because I had a lot of newbies so they didn't need many deload weeks to start with because I needed to get them consistent first and I'd probably just adjust the training based on how they felt when they came in the longer you've been training the more experienced you become the more consistent you become the more deload weeks are going to be very beneficial to you of course then looking at are you actually is this something you're missing from measuring what your progress the biggest one is always going to be the tracking the nutrition the calories if you've not been tracking and i'm not saying you have to track it's just a really good efficient way as a tool to learn about your nutrition as i explained a few weeks ago so what you could do is so even just write simply a food diet it could be just two weeks you need to do it to see where you're over consuming because it will be somewhere on a regular consistent basis that you are over consuming your calories and most commonly the weekend usually alcohol licks of food so if you like me i love baking i don't know how much chocolate frosting ganache i licked on saturday to be quite frank with you as i was doing a chocolate fudge cake for a family member so and i'm not gonna lie there was probably at least four tablespoons of chocolate frosting ganache i consumed straight out the bowl so it's easily done and when i say the chocolate grass frosty that's double cream and dark chocolate so you can imagine how calorie dense that was <laughs> it was banging by the way it was great i like having the chef spoils but i do make accounts that i've had it and i acknowledge that i had it and i thought for a second i was like oh i'll leave it i thought you know what i'm not going to get a chance to taste this cake it's not for me so i made the most of it i use what was left So do make sure, it sounds a bit anal, but try to be accurate as possible just for a short term to see where you may need to make adjustments. Be don't worry about being a little bit harsh on yourself. I don't mean put yourself down, but be like, right, this is where things are going tits off. So I've got to find a way to overcome this. And I don't mean just cut things out. So it could be you need to reduce it. It could be you need to do something so it doesn't lead to having as much. I think one tip I gave a client the other week was they normally get the, um, you know, the wine out to have a drink and they'll have a glass or two, but then 10 o'clock at night, they're getting out the snacks and everything to, you know, to enjoy together. But when they, after they've had it, they actually feel like shit and actually kind of regretted having it. They didn't even enjoy it. If they're enjoying it, then I might have to really look how to do that. But I said, actually, since you're not enjoying it, why is have a cut-off point when you finish everything? So you finish having a drink, you finish having food, and we're just setting a rule. And it's not that after a certain time you put body fat on, it's just that they were over-consuming calories 
through continue, uh, you know, snacking after having an alcoholic beverage, as usually alcohol does enhance the uh, appetite. You tend to crave, to crave sweet and salty. So for them, for so far, that's worked really well. And they've even said they've not missed it. And actually, they decided not to buy in those products actually again for the moment. Instead, if they do, they'll buy it in single servings, as I suggested, instead of sharing serving, uh, servings. And they have to walk to the shop to get them. So they created friction to help them achieve their goal. And it's not caused them to feel like they're missing out. If anything, they said, actually, felt a lot better in the morning. The benefit outweighed just snacking for the sake of having it. It was just, again, a habit that they developed and we need to change the habit of how they were doing it. So don't beat yourself up going, I'm shit and I'm greedy. You know, I can't do this. It's nothing to do with that. It's just a habit that you need to replace. I wouldn't say get rid of and cut because I think that's really difficult. You think about, say, smokers and how hard it is to to quit smoking and when people say to me oh you know dirty smokers you know we're, they can quit if they want to this is how I compare it because I don't smoke if someone told me not to train I would tell them to go and do one <laughs> that's how I compare it and if you don't smoke and don't realize how hard it is to quit that's the best way to compare compare it to something you like to do on a daily basis or regular basis it's actually someone said to me, don't bake. Again, I tell them to do one because I really, really enjoy baking, actually. And again, I would, I would tell them, no way, I'm going to carry on with that. That's how you've got to compare it. And it's the same with habits. If you told someone to stop completely, they have the intention to do so, but it's really hard to sustain it. Human beings and habits and environment is what massively affects a lot of our results. So this is what I want you to do is a little bit of homework for yourself. First of all, question, are you feeling fatigued? Are you feeling hungrier than usual? Do you find and notice now you're sitting a bit more, not able to put as much effort into your training, or it feels like it's a slug to do it? Secondly, are you actually measuring and tracking what you need to measure and track to get your results? Is it, are you doing everything you should be doing for it? It's the areas that you're ignoring or missing out. When you find it, question how to overcome it without taking extreme measures. Think small, because you can repeat something over and over if it's a little change and it's easy to make. And lastly, as I said last week in last week's podcast, are you putting the work in? So are you making sure your body has to change are you working hard enough to change so your training sessions hard enough i don't mean to the point you're crippled so as i always say about eight to nine on scale one to ten or one to two are failure but question why you would stop that you know be present in your training sessions question how you feel after doing a, a set on something or if you're doing say a circuit or something conditioning wise question how hard it is So that's all I want you to focus on at the moment. Just something very simple to look at of why you're not progressing. But the biggest ones is normally outside stress. It's a massive one. And we're not, we're forgetful about measuring and tracking things, especially food. 
because we get distracted too easily. There's too many screens, too many distractions about. And we tend to forget. Bear in mind, guys, nine times out of ten, you've got a phone in your hand. And then people go, oh, I forget track on the go. You most of the time got a phone in your hand. So there's very few people I know who don't have a phone in their hand. I've always got my phone on me, usually, unless I deliberately put it somewhere to have a break from it. Because I've always got it on me, as soon as I know I'm going to have something, I just put it straight in. You can even just make it a note on your phone. There's so many ways to do it. It's so much easier now compared to when I first PT'd, when my fitness pal didn't exist, where you didn't have notes on your phone. You had to use a pen and paper and you didn't always have a pen and paper on you. This is where technology is very handy. But I do get it. It might be you're not in the habit of doing it. So you may have to put more thought process into doing it and probably every time you're going to have something you've got to track it before you have it because then you know oh actually I want to have enough calories tonight for this so it just gets you to question it and maybe just put a bit of friction in it might be I'll have to have this another day instead not that you will never have it you'll think I'll have it another day or I will have it but I'll drop your calories by a couple hundred to make sure I'm in the deficit for the overall week so I hope those tips help you today Actually, I'm not saying people are lying. We're just, we're habits. We're creatures of habit and we forget sometimes what we're doing or sometimes we just neglect ourselves and we're not resting enough or sometimes we're just not sure how hard to push ourselves. And that's why you need somebody professional like me <laughs> or anybody who's qualified and has that knowledge and experience of how to make sure that intensity is right for you understanding and learn when you need to deload and knowing when you need someone actually just to point out areas you need to get better at not perfect but better at just as my kickboxing instructor does he doesn't do it in a way telling me i'm shit he just basically says no if you do it like this it'll be more efficient this way he explains it in such a good way i don't see it as criticism I don't see it as he's telling me off. I see it as he wants me to get better. And that's what I want for you guys. I want you to get better with your habits so you can have a longer, happier life. And as I've always said to you, so when you're over 60 years old, you haven't got to have like someone to pull you off the shitter. <laughs> I'll finish on that note. If you ever need any help, any advice on health and fitness, send me an email to the nagptfitness at gmail.com. Um, also on Facebook as nagptfitness. And also on Instagram as the Nag Personal Trainer. And if any subjects or anything you want me to bring up in my podcast, uh, please let me know. And when you go onto my pages, if there's any lives or anything on there you like, please like, tag and share away, please. So it can help more people out with the information that I'm giving out to help you guys achieve your goals. Have an awesome week, everybody. And take care.